Hey everybody, before we get started with today's episode, we just wanted to congratulate Bailey Brewer for winning the Disneyland Ticket Giveaway! Thank you for all of you that participated, and especially those who stuck around with us afterwards. We hope that you'll enjoy continuing to listen to the podcast. And just know, there are more giveaways on the way. We're going to announce one at the end of this season. You all rock! Enjoy this week's episode! Hi everybody, I'm Marin, and this is my husband, Dallin. We're just two ordinary people who fell in love and had some kids. Welcome to the podcast where we talk about the ups and downs of marriage, parenting, and pretty much anything else. We promise to keep things real and maybe even make you laugh. We also talk to some people who know a lot more than we do. We hope this is a place where you can feel understood, enlightened, and entertained. Thank you for joining both Both of us. Well, 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 I get you guys to myself today. I'm going to be doing an interview and I'm really excited about it. It's my first on the show and uh, Maren's been, (laughs) she's very good. And I know that you've loved listening to her interviews and I hope you're going to enjoy tonight. We've got an awesome thing ahead of us. I'm going to interview the Hoffmans. They've embarked on a journey across the world. Uh, They were hit by a spark after graduation and decided to live their lives on the road, along with their cat Vladimir. Hashtag Vladimir Kitten. They are professional travelers and adventurers. They visited all 59 U.S. national parks, and they now travel the world with their sweet little boy, Theo, and have an amazing following online. So since the Hoffmans live the road life, they're actually going to be calling in via satellite. So the connection might not be perfect, but I figured that that's all right because they're very interesting. It'll be a very awesome conversation. Please welcome Case and Madison Hoffman. Hi, guys. Welcome to the show. Hey. hey. We're excited to be here. Thanks for Thank you so much. Yeah, we're excited to have both of you guys on. Both me and Marin are huge fans. I love following your guys' Instagram and seeing all the fun places that you go. You've got an awesome lifestyle. We're adventurous ourselves, but I don't think that we're as brave as you guys are. <laughs> oh well, thanks. That's nice of you to say, but I, I think you could, uh, I think you could hack road life. It's not too crazy. <laughs> it's not too crazy. Well, that's what we want to try and do today: is hack some road life because I need to figure some stuff out. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are professional adventurers and full-time travelers, living permanently in an RV, and you're always on the road heading somewhere. So, where are you guys calling from today? Um, so right now we are on Shasta Lake. So it's in Northern California, um, just like north of, of Redding, California, if, if you know where that is. But uh, just, just south of the border of Oregon. I'm guessing it's beautiful there. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. The, the lake is really nice. It's really hot, though. So we're, we, we're trying to <laughs> stay cool and swim a lot in the lake and stuff. But yeah, it's hot. Well, I'm, I'm glad that we could connect even though you're in the middle of an awesome place. All right, so here's the main, here's the main question for the two of you. <laughs> Whose idea was this? <laughs> did someone suggest it initially or did it require any convincing on someone's end? Um, you know, it was pretty mutual. Like we, we, were, we were actually driving um, in our car when... when uh, a little RV that was actually just like the one that we have now. Um, I, well, I, I was going to say it drove past us, but actually we drove past it because we were going up a hill and those things don't go very fast. We just saw it and we thought, 
that it was a really cool little thing and, and we're really kind of drawn to the rig and then uh, kind of made some plans for the, the adventure that you mentioned, going to all the parks and it just kind of snowballed and we were both just kind of on board from really from the beginning. I don't feel like there was any any convincing by either one of us. Yeah, but but I think it should be noted that Case cannot do anything um, unless it is completely insane and extreme <laughs> and he would not settle for mediocre and so um, what started out as an idea to get this little rig this cute little motorhome on the back of a pickup truck and go on a little road trip for a graduation present to ourselves you know hit some national parks go camping just kind of roam around um, before we start quote normal real post-college life whatever mm -hmm. that is supposed to look like <laughs> yeah and then like case said it started snowballing because he was the one who found out that it in 2016 it was the 100 year anniversary of the national park system oh, really? and so once we figured that out we knew that it was perfect timing and so 2016 was the year we graduated and the day after uh, commencement we hopped in the rv that we had spent the last um probably three months prior remodeling and um spiffing up so it <laughs> looked like a cute little rolling cabin on wheels and um, the day after graduation, we hit the road, and that's when we started our journey. So it was definitely Case who instigated such an intense trip, but I was definitely on board since the beginning because it's yeah. There amazing. was never there was never any like convincing or anything that I had to do to like you know woo her into like getting on board with the trip. She was she was all for it from the very beginning. That's awesome. Well, that's the kind of unity I think that it would require, right? If if one of you were dragging the other along, I don't think that it would work. No. Where did you, after that initial decision to, I guess, go for it, right? And to not come back from your, your trip, basically. Uh, where was the first place that you guys went? The first one we went to was uh, Great Basin National Park, which is uh, a park in the middle of nowhere, Nevada. And uh, it would just just happen to be the first one on our on our loop. So what was I mean? What was the inspiration for going there? Was there any particular reason, or was it just like you're saying the first one on the trip? Yeah. So we uh, let's see. We we planned our trip out um, to where we would we try to follow the seasons. So we tried to keep the temperature as close to about seventy seventy five degrees as possible. So we we kind of had to you know be in the right place at the right time so we weren't in the middle of the desert in the in the heat of the summer and we had <laughs> right. to get to Alaska before it froze over you know so there's there was kind of a bit of a, a plan to uh, to our our route we weren't just wandering you know <laughs> sure so you've been to every single national park congratulations on accomplishing such an amazing goal and such an amazing journey is it possible that you could even pick a favorite? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I think the easier question would be which one is our least favorite because right. there's so many that are our favorites. But um, there's a couple that just were a little bit funky and didn't really seem like National Park status to us. But um, our favorites were kind of mixed. So I think my personal favorite would probably be Mount Rainier in Washington or or Glacier National Park in uh, Montana, but then Case is also reminding me about Hawaii, and Hawaii is totally my jam, and so <laughs> also Hawaii Volcanoes National Park. I don't know. It's so hard. I could give you a top 10, but 
number one is hard, but I think Case has a pretty definitive number one. What's the definitive number um, one? Well, for me, for me, well, the the Utah desert has always just been my favorite. So it's so if I leave those out of the whole equation, like those are like favorite favorite kind of, and then uh, if I if I had to pick one, I would probably say I had the strongest connection to uh, Sequoia National Park, which uh, just the 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 trees were were amazing and i just felt like a real you know almost spiritual connection to these these trees that were literally as old as christ and and just have been around and seen so much of the world that's awesome where is that national park located so that's in in california um in uh kind of central california in the sierras so which national park do you think offers the best views Ooh, that's a really, good, a really question. good question. I don't think we've ever been asked that question before. And we get questioned a lot about our national park tour. So I think I would have to go back to my original answer to which park is my favorite. And I think that Mount Rainier, it's, there's just something so incredibly magical about it. It's seriously like, it's a wonderland. Like it's, it's paradise. It's so gorgeous. It's Purple Mountain Majesties and Green Valleys and little brooks and little hedgehogs running around the stream and wildflowers and sunsets. It's just incredible. So I personally think that one is the most majestic. I think, I think uh, as far as like views, for me, Yosemite is the most like visually captivating. Just the, mm-hmm. the glacial valleys and and just the three thousand foot walls that is true but, but the thing is you have you you battle crowds the entire time because it's so awesome it's just always full of people you have to really kind of commit to to go deeper into the park to kind of get the quiet and the, the solace we deemed yosemite national park the disneyland of national <laughs> parks because it's so magical and amazing and a lot of people call it the temple of all national parks, but it's so crowded. Like he said, you're literally battling selfie sticks all day long unless you, you know, <laughs> commit to going deeper and climbing higher and going further than, than the typical crowd. So, but it is a really incredible spot for view. That's awesome. So if you're committed enough to make the trek in far away from all the tourists, then that's a great place to go. Yeah, I would agree with Case on that one. Definitely. So here's my next question. Which national park is best for families with small children? Hmm. Uh, that is a really good question and one that we have not been asked before, surprisingly. So Theo, our baby, is now um, 15 months old and I was pregnant with him for most of the trip. And then we took a little break when he was born and then he joined us for uh, the final eight national parks to complete our whole journey. And I feel like, I mean, honestly, it depends on the age of your child. But as far as babies go, any national park is great for a baby because, you know, a lot of people kind of looked at us as we were traveling around with this newborn because we hit the road about five weeks after he was born, which is pretty soon. And a lot of people kind of looked at us and thought we were a little bit crazy and a little too ambitious. But honestly, we kind of just see Theo as, you know, he's just 
this little tiny nugget who doesn't require very much except for love and his basic needs taken care of. And, you know, we just attach him to us and we can go pretty much anywhere. We so, called him our accessory. He was just like one, one yeah. thing we had to strap on before we left the, uh, left the <laughs> RV. But I'm trying to think which, which park, I mean, for smaller children, national parks are just great because they're really designed for um, pretty much two purposes. The first one would be to protect and preserve the natural land and resources. And then the second would be to provide um, education and enrichment for, um, for all of us, for the humans who, who go to these places and are seeking, you know, adventure or knowledge or um, enrichment. And so I think that the parks just do such a great job at integrating both of these two goals and making sure that we'll really have access to the parks. I mean, most parks will have um, paved paths for wheelchairs and strollers. And then, of course, they'll have like medium trails for, for families. And then they'll have really advanced trails for the expert hikers and adventure seekers. And so I think the parks are just so cool because there's really something for everyone. So I wouldn't necessarily pin any park as the most family friendly because I think all of them have something to offer for everyone. That being said, there are a few um, that don't even have any trails at all, you know? So there, there are some that are like strictly the, they're really heavy on the preserve aspect um, you know, of the, of the national park system. They, they literally have, there's no park sign. There's no, there's no ranger station. There's, there's nothing. And then th- those are up in Alaska where there's no anything at all, but except caribou. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, it's, it's, so there, there are a few that, that don't do that, but like Madison said, most of them, I mean, they, they all have, uh, junior ranger programs that kids can do and just learn about geology and, 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 uh, the biodiversity of the the park and it's just it's pretty cool to just get kids engaged and and uh and help them learn about you know mother nature and everything that that's out there mm-hmm. and we were kind of bummed as we realized that you know Theo went to about eight parks um earth side we like to say um but he missed out on a lot of the other parks while he wasn't born yet. And we're kind of bummed and we're thinking we might need to redo this whole trip when our kids are older, just because of the, the value of the learning is so incredible. It's just such a unique experience. And as we've um, fallen in love with road life, we are definitely considering um, continuing this for however many years we feel is right for our family. And, and with that, we, assume that we probably will be, we call it road schooling our kids instead of homeschooling. Um, and so I think, I think these programs are just so cool and it, it'll be a really fun part of our kids' future education, I think, in the parks. And we're really excited to, to show them all the beauty that we've been so blessed to see the past couple of years. That's something that I think as a parent, I don't think of very often because we're always trying to find things to do with our kids, ways to educate our kids, and literally, like in our backyard, so to speak, we have these amazing parks, and that's a that's an awesome point. That's something that I think our listeners will value and encouraging them to get out and see some of these places. Yeah, definitely. Do you have any, I guess, set plans for the next few years, or are you just planning to keep going and see where it takes you? Yeah, I mean, we, we're dreamers and schemers. We are constantly uh, thinking up new projects and dreams, and we always have something on the horizon. I feel like 
we can never sit still. Um, We've always got something up our sleeve. So I think um, our two-year plan is to upgrade from our um, little mini Toyota motorhome rig to a bus. We want to redo a school bus so that we can kind of have our rig grow with our family. So that's that's our two-year plan is to upgrade the rig and convert the school bus all by ourselves. And then um, our 10-year plan, I hope I'm allowed to say this, but we actually want to have a sailboat. And so we've hit the land and we're, we're going to continue to hit the land, but we also just think that sailing is the ultimate adventure. And so we'd love when our kids get a little bit older um, to be able to hit the hit the seas and go sailing as a family and live on a boat for however many years we think is necessary. That is awesome. I have a lot to learn before before that uh, before that happens because <laughs> so far the only sailing experience is my small boat sailing merit badge scout. Camp. So, like, I've got a lot to learn. I look forward to watching all of this journey. Then <laughs> that's amazing. I think that's a great plan. Thanks. Um, you guys are doing something that's very unique. Besides traveling all over the United States, you two live in very close quarters constantly. Yeah. So what benefits has this lifestyle given your marriage and what challenges has it given your marriage? That's a really good question. And I think the obvious question most people have is, how do you not kill each other living 24-7 within 10 feet of each other in the RV? <laughs> I swear we get that like all the time. I Almost, feel like every like day every, people yeah, ask us, how do you not kill each other? Which is so funny because I guess that's just not really our dynamic. I feel like we don't really require a lot of alone time, the two of us. I think we just have a really cool relationship where um, it's maybe unique that way. I don't know. We just love being together all the time. I mean, literally it is all the time. I mean, we are within like literally 24 seven within 10 10 feet feet of each other. Probably, It's kind of crazy. (laughs) And I mean, it it reminds me, you know, when you're younger and you just have a best friend and you want to be with them a hundred percent of the time and you just can't even imagine, you know, you go to school and you just want to be with them when you go home and you want to have sleepovers and you just want to do all those things. I feel like our marriage is a lot like that Uh where we just, I don't know. We don't want our moms to come pick us up from the play date. Like we always just want to be <laughs> with each other as dumb as that sounds. But, um, yeah, I think we, it's really shaped marriage because we hit the road about a year and a half after we were married. And so we were kind of wow. um, still newlyweds. And I feel like that experience of hitting the road and being in such a small space, um, really just helps us, you know, communicate more, effectively and efficiently because you can't really run away. You can't hide. You can't, you know, go on a drive because we're both in the same car. (laughs) You can't, I don't know, go slam the door because there are no doors. Like you kind of have to work things out in a pretty efficient manner because otherwise it gets really awkward in a less than 80 square foot space. And so I think, sure. Yeah. I think it's made us uh, more, more of a team than, than maybe we would have been had we, you know, if if I was going to a, a nine to five job every day and, and just, you know, seeing you for a couple hours at night, but we go to bed, you know, I feel like we've had just like years of experience together and that have all just been jam packed into the last three, two, well, what, three years now? Um, and I feel like, you know, we, we kind of joke that it's uh, um, road life years of our marriage. So we should be like on our like 20th anniversary already <laughs> yeah. if we uh, 
at the uh, the hours. But um, I think that's been like the major benefit. And, and along with that, I think something that's helped is the fact that, that we not only are like just existing together in such a small space, but we're we're running kind of our, our business together. And so it's uh, this other um, aspect that we're not just husband and wife, but we're, we're colleagues and like co-workers and we're working on projects and together and, and kind of pushing the, those projects forward as, as one team, you know? So I think that's been a really cool dynamic, at least for me. That is really awesome. I mean, that's something I didn't think about. You're right. If you take all the hours that you would be spending together, you know, if you're not doing a, a typical nine to five job, and and you put them together, yeah, it's a, that's like twenty years that you've been together. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a really cool point. In the last episode, we talked about the need for resolving things and not running away from issues. So I love that idea of being kind of confined to a space. You have to work things out. Uh, what is your method for working out conflicts when you're on the road? Um. So I think I think uh, Madison is a lot better at talking about stuff than I am I usually kind of just get frustrated and I'll I'll just like stop talking it's kind of I don't know just kind of like shut down a little bit and it's not that I'm intentionally like giving her the silent treatment I just am not talking and so it maybe feels like I'm like doing it intentionally but um she's good at saying or saying the right thing and trying to and coaxing me to talk about things so I think it's she that's that's kind of her skill um yeah so i guess i don't really know what i bring to the table but i think that's (laughs) what she's good at so i feel like you just in such a small space number one you have to be so honest and you just have to say what you feel and if something bugs you talk about it if there could be something to be improved on you talk about it like if i don't know just you just have to really express yourself and like convey your need just like in any marriage but just happens so efficiently because we don't really have time to you know go to work and and like vent or i don't know like uh stew on our issues or whatever there's really no time or space like it kind of just happens in the moment and so even if case you know is being grumpy or silent or whatever i feel like it doesn't take very much time to just um dive into whatever we're feeling and um maybe i instigate that i don't know if that's 100 percent true i feel like he's really good at talking about things as well but i think the other thing is is you can't really stay mad in such a small space for for very long i feel like one of us either starts laughing or case will always like try and like tickle me if we're mad and that makes me even madder but then it's just like stupid because i'm still mad and so we end up laughing i don't know i feel like things just always come around full circle faster for us i I think that's really interesting i think it'll be interesting for anyone that's considering this lifestyle too um, thank you for answering that question. In general, what do you think the hardest part about the RV life has been? Breakdowns is what I would say. Yeah. Because we're, uh, we're in a pretty old vehicle. It's a 1989. Um, so it's, it's older than both of us, you know, and, and uh, it just <laughs> things break and things wear out. And, and it usually happens like at about 4.30 on a Friday when all of the auto shops are closing and we're in the middle of nowhere and it's always just like the worst timing it feels like. It's always 5 o'clock on a Friday. Yeah. yeah. I swear. It's That's so- when all the breakdowns happen. It's like, really? Worst timing ever. But I mean, what we always talk about is that, you know, when you choose road life, you're not 
choosing to run away from a normal lifestyle. You're choosing to live in a simple, really intentional way that's not necessarily mainstream. And so it's got to be, you know, your, you know, your passion and your choice because it is so different. And that being said, like, you're not running away from your problem. Like, there's always going to be, you know, life is always going to happen no matter what kind of lifestyle you choose. Like, I feel like a lot of times people sort of idolize or maybe glamorize uh, van life or road life. Well, Instagram has kind of done that, right? You you see these perfect little windows into this life that aren't, like, full time, you know, like it's, we, we just extrapolate that into saying like, wow, their whole life must be that perfect sunset. But like in between all those little, those little snippets are like breakdowns and really hard times and, and tough things that they have to work through, you know, right. but you don't see that on Instagram. And there's always going to be that opposition, whether you live a, con, you know, a normal life or, you know, an alternative life like we've chosen. Like, I think I think that's the thing that people maybe don't realize is that there's still going to be a lot of ups and downs. And, and like Kay said, the breakdowns oh, are yeah. pretty gnarly sometimes. Yeah. yeah, you definitely swap one set of problems for another, you know. Right, it's like no- we don't have a lawn to mow or like a mortgage to pay or an electricity bill. But we have to like take care of our, you know, our, our tanks and like the black tank. Right. And we have to fill up water at random gas stations and we never know where we're going to sleep at night, whether it's, you know, Walmart or some amazing free like beach camping spot. Like you just never know. And so maybe that's because we're not very good at planning, but I feel like we like to say we're spontaneous. And so sometimes that leads us to Walmart, you know, or sometimes that leads us to some pretty epic spots. But um, sometimes I think, you know, it, it just takes a lot of flexibility to accept the instability in this type of lifestyle. But I think that overall, it's just been so beautiful for us that we, you know, we'll, we'll take this set of problems. Like we, we like, we like our, our dynamic. You just barely said it's so beautiful. What's the most beautiful part of this lifestyle and why do you keep doing it? I would say in one word, freedom, just the freedom to move, the freedom to see um, whatever we want, do whatever we want, move at whatever pace we want. If it's hot, we leave. If it's cold, we leave. You know, you can't really pick up your your house in the ground, you know, like, but when you have a home on wheels, you can go wherever you want. And it's pretty awesome. I think just that freedom has been one of the most beautiful parts, just, I don't know, taking life wholeheartedly in whatever direction we choose. I think for me, I think it's, uh, the the lifestyle really kind of keeps you guessing, you know. You you keep changing it up, and and you it's hard to become super complacent. And like you have you have certain routines, but it's not it doesn't get boring, you know, because you're constantly mixing it up and and seeing new things and going to new locations. And, and so I think that's that's one of the main appeals for me is is I, I don't get bored unless I want to be bored, you know. <laughs> like I, I it's never stagnant. Yeah, it's never stagnant. <laughs> right. It's always moving. And I think another uh, really beautiful part that we would both agree that, you know, that we've learned from road life is just the simplicity of life on the road. That, sure, there's some complicated things and some weird hiccups here and there, For but for the most part, you know, when you live in such a small space and we share a closet that's about two and a half feet wide, 
And um, we only have one tiny cupboard for all of the belongings, and we only get a few pairs of shoes. And our you trash kind of, can is the size of a cereal box. <laughs> yeah, you know those <laughs> cereal box um, canisters? Yeah. That's our trash can. Oh, so that's it's perfect. Just so, yeah, it's just so interesting how we've learned to really simplify and just find the joy in and the, and the love for experiences and relationships and, and friends and family. And we value that so much more over material things. And that's, what's really um, been special about this trip is just finding the beauty in, in simplicity and that we don't need a lot to be happy. We really just need to be surrounded by people we love and who support us and who we support. And, and we just need, you know, meaningful experiences with those people. And so I think that's what we found has been um, kind of a game changer for us. Not that we were extremely materialistic before, but just to understand how, um, I don't know, just what it means to really find joy in in less. When we first moved into uh, the RV, we left a bunch of our stuff at my grandma's in her garage, in like the back corner of her garage. And it seems like every time we circle back around to my grandma's house, we just like see all this stuff. And it's like, what is all this even? Like we haven't even, we don't, we, if we haven't missed it and we, we don't obviously don't need it. It's like, why, why is this even here? We just get rid of all of it. This has been interesting to see how that's just kind of evolved. Like stuff has just lost a lot of importance, I guess, in our lives. No, that's a really cool perspective. Cause like you're saying, I can't imagine trying to pack up everything into a small space but then at the same time i probably would we'd be out in the road and go well what is it that i actually am missing what what's the stuff that i actually needed mm-hmm. back home that's yeah, a that's totally. a good point yeah exactly so you guys are not only um living this awesome life but you've become expert road trippers by this point <laughs> i think that's safe to say <laughs> um so what piece of advice do you have for families that aren't necessarily going to live the RV life, but instead are just want to go on a fun road trip to a national park? What advice for road tripping or spending time in nature do you have? I think with small babies, just make sure you're packing snacks. And with anybody, actually, road trip snacks are essential. But really, I I don't think it, it matters where you're going i think it's again it's the the togetherness aspect of it in fact we just drove uh back from chicago with uh my my whole family so like my brothers and sisters and my parents in like a big 15 passenger van and it was like a lot of people would look at that and be like oh my gosh that's terrible there are 15 people in a 15 passenger van like driving Going across, the country. Hours across the like, country like it's insane and it, and it definitely <laughs> yeah. was insane but it was in a, in a twisted kind of way really fun too because you're again kind of back to the same things we've talked about you're so close in proximity to your family that you just laugh a lot you you know there are little arguments that you roll through and and it's just this really fun memory and i and i think that's I wouldn't get too hung up about really the destination, even though that's an important part of it because you want to see beautiful things, but just kind of enjoy the togetherness of it all and enjoy driving together and tell stories and listen to music and and I don't know I think that's the funnest part for for me anyways and I think some of the best conversations are had on road trips at least that's been the case for us. We always, we always have our best ideas when we're traveling on road trips. There's something about 
just hitting the pavement mile after mile that you and just seeing so much around you and different landscapes and different cities and different billboards and just different ideas and different cars and you just kind of I don't know your brain just takes you to a, a cool place where your imagination is yeah, there's a real flow I just think that, on the road there's yeah a there's, a, there's like a good flow rhythm out there <laughs> yeah and I think yeah some of our best conversations have been had on the road and some of our best ideas have been born on the road and I think the same thing can be said for for other families um and I just think that I don't know road tripping is just such a great way to see a place whenever we travel internationally we prefer to travel by van so when we went to Iceland last year we rented vans and instead of staying in hotels or Airbnbs and renting the car and kind of bouncing around um we just did it all in one and and like road tripped across Iceland and I thought that was a really cool way to see the country up close and so I think like Kay said no matter where where you're going I think road tripping is just a really cool way to see wherever you are up close and And I I think I think it's 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 a real kind of I mean it sounds weird to call it like an art form but I think like a lot of it has been lost with airplanes you know it becomes more about the destinations like oh I'm going to LA you know and so I jump on a plane and kind of just appear in LA a couple hours later but like if you have to drive from New York to LA you get so much in between that it's it's less about the destination and more about kind of the all the in-between stuff and the cool places you stop to eat and the the weird roadkill that you see on the side of the road and like <laughs> yeah. all of that stuff, stuff that you wouldn't think about that's part of the journey you know so this, Madison, this is for my wife. She wants to know, how in the world did you handle pregnancy and the newborn phase? And did you take a break from the road or did you keep going? <laughs> that's a good question. And, and that's one that people are always kind of Because interested. she's a superhero warrior woman. That's how. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, for starters, I was very, very blessed with an easy... Um, very normal, very safe, um, very low risk pregnancy. And so, um, because I was, you know, really active and healthy and and younger, I didn't have, um, very many risks. And so my doctors said it was all right for me to continue, uh, road life. And so I kind of just, you know, went on my pregnancy just like anyone else would, but in a smaller space with, you know, luckily, you know, the, bathroom is right next to the bedroom it's all one room and the kitchen is right there in case can make me snacks when I don't feel well like it was all a lot easier in some ways than people would think um and I feel like staying so active um really helped me to feel well I think that if I for me personally if I had you know been home I probably would have wanted to sleep a lot more or just like eat a lot more and probably not want to go on hikes or go kayaking or get out of my get out of my safe zone and so I think for me, just being able to um, continue to be active throughout my pregnancy really kind of helped things stay very easy for me. And I felt good throughout really all of it. And I think the trickiest part was definitely the doctor visits. So I had to, you know, pick up and move my records to different doctor's offices across the country. Um, so that part was a little bit tricky and, you know, with insurance and everything, you have to really kind of plan ahead and, and figure that out so that you're not stranded. But um, it's definitely doable. Um, I obviously wouldn't recommend it for everyone, but if, you know, if, if personally you feel that you're able to and your doctors say it's okay, then I don't really see why not. I thought 
I thought it was a really great experience. And um, towards the end, we spent the last um, month at my mom's house preparing for the baby to come. So I was on the road for um, about eight months and then pregnant. And then for the last wow. month, we went home and kind of home-based it because by then I was getting you know too big and too uncomfortable to be in the RV. And so, and obviously we wanted a, a safe, stable place to um, be able to give birth. And so we locked down a hospital that we were going to go to and we had Theo. And then five weeks after he was born, we hit the road again and we went to Hawaii to finish <laughs> up the national parks. That's there. incredible. Yeah. Thank you. It was, it was really awesome. Honestly, I feel very blessed that I was able to continue to travel and be as active as I was able to. It was pretty amazing, but the, it, and a lot of it, like she said, we feel super blessed and it was really really easy and, and, and simple, but there were some hard times too. I remember. Well, I spent, you know how in the beginning of your pregnancy, you don't feel well usually for the first, you know, first trimester, yeah. really three months ish. Yeah. And, and so it was actually those three months or the, yeah, that period of time we were up in Alaska and those were the hardest parks for us because a lot of times they were out in the wilderness, literally in the middle of nowhere, you know, with no, bathroom we were camping because we weren't we would not we would leave the rv for mm -hmm. i mean days at a time so we'd be in the we back would go country. on long backpacking trips and so we'd be in the back country wow. with our backpacks camping in our tents and sleeping <laughs> bags with limited water no bathroom facilities and no fresh food eating so ramen she eating ramen. ramen and beans and now i can't even think about ramen because i'm actually not I'm even allowed so to say starved. the word <laughs> yeah it's kind of a swear word in our house now because it, those were some dark times but I mean, just like anyone, you, you get through it. And no matter what, you know, those first months are going to be pretty hard. But um, we got through it. And I feel like those harder first months um, in the wilderness of Alaska kind of made the rest of my pregnancy seem a lot easier. That's so cool. Good for you guys. That's awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Um, do you think that this lifestyle could be beneficial for any young family? Um, I would say most likely, yes. Yeah, I mean... But probably I mean, just because it's worked well for us, we're maybe right. biased because we right. we love our life and we wouldn't change it and and think that it's given us exactly what we're looking for out of life and our relationship and but I mean we're not we're not really like these diehard road life advocates, I guess. Like we're not like it's road life or nothing. Like you should just like quit your job and like <laughs> right. get a van, you know, it's right. like, we, that's not for everybody. It's not for everybody. And it's in, everybody's different. Everybody has different preferences, you know, and, and for some people, the instability and the, the question marks that are involved with road life would, would drive them nuts, you know? And, and so it, it wouldn't be what, what they're looking for. And, and so I think, you know, for some people, yeah, we totally recommend it. And others it's like, well, it might be might be a little hard, but go for it anyway if you want to try it. But I will say it's a really um, it's a really frugal way to live, especially when you're first married. And even if you know you're starting your family and and you have young kids, um, I mean, we just saved a lot of money not having a mortgage. We yeah. bought our RV for extremely yeah. extremely cheap. We redid it ourselves for extremely cheap, and the only you know, the only expenses we have are gas and food and insurance yeah. and like telephone bills. Well, we, right. had so, we had solar panels, so we didn't have an right. energy bill. Oh, wow. Um, we fill up water wherever we can. Yeah, free water. And, and so it's, it's a pretty, I mean, it's, it's a really sustainable way. way of life. Like it's just, 
it's pretty it's pretty cheap <laughs> to travel and live like this as long as you have you know a, huh. a, a remote job or a way to work online or whatever I think it's very feasible and honestly a pretty frugal option for families just starting out who want to kind of save money maybe even for their first home it's it's a pretty good way to go and we feel like it's a, like we we feel that it's it's kind of a responsible way to live or sustainable I guess is maybe the better better way because we we don't have a lot of a lot of waste you know we don't we don't we don't have a lot of room for a lot of things so we buy less things we don't use a lot of packaging we we don't use a lot of water we don't right. you know we don't have flushing like toilets we use very very minimal water for the dishes and it's it's just very because we only have two dishes each we have a one plate each one cup each and and like our silverware you know so it's it's just very simple and there's there's not a whole lot of waste that, that goes into it so our our footprint is smaller than it would be if we were living in a sticks and bricks house you know sure you guys are going and visiting some of the most beautiful parts of the earth and also not leaving a huge footprint on it i think that's an awesome combination thanks yeah thank you i like the way you said that that was yeah that's cool well and honestly when i when i watch your guys's instagram and throughout our conversation i'm thinking you know, how how alternative or different is this, really? I mean, this is sort of what was done for a long period of history, you know? You move from place to place, you live off of the land, you just, you go on an adventure with your spouse, you know? It's, it's not like it's some crazy, bizarre thing, I think. Especially, this conversation's making it very tempting to me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you're totally right. I think, you know, it is kind of more you know our primal instincts you know to to live like this and it's definitely a pretty natural thing like you said i think um, mainstream you know culture and our society has kind of taken a different route than you know our ancestors did and so i think you're totally right it's really not that weird but I don't know, right. some people think we're not <laughs> and there's always going to be those some people right totally so i have I have a little bit of curiosity because I'm so logistically based. I'm wondering how is it that you guys do sustain your life by paying the bills? You mentioned remote work. So when we when we first uh, kind of came up with the idea to go to all 59 national parks, we told our family that, and they just looked at us like, "Whoa! Like, how the heck are you going to do that?" So like that's nice, but yeah, how but, are you going to pay the bills? Yeah, great idea, but how? <laughs> right. And uh, and we didn't really have an answer for them um, at first, and we just said, I don't know, we're going to kind of figure it out. And then I ended up getting a um, a job for a real estate company online. That the original plan was okay, we'll we'll work for you know three or four days out of the week um, and just on online and then we'll play in, in the parks and, and you know the, the remaining part of the week and just kind of make our way through the park system that way. And then as we got closer to the trip, we, I sent a few emails out to a few companies to, that I thought maybe would be interested in, in sponsoring part of the trip and the, the response was a lot more positive than I, than I kind of imagined at first. And, and so we, we ended up, at least for, for that trip, being able to work with um, a handful of companies to um, 
to kind of fund the the trip as as we would go through the parks we would take pictures and write stories uh, and blogs for for their websites and, and everything and so it kind of threw us into this whole uh, this whole world of content creation and um, online marketing social and social media, media marketing. marketing and, and um, the, that I mean neither of us had experience in before but this trip kind of just catapulted us into that world and since then we've just kind of been building on on that hustling for different things here and there occasionally I'll teach English um, online yeah just kind of piece it together with with uh, different gigs but but like I mentioned before sometimes there there are times we're like oh man we uh, we've got to figure this out otherwise we're we're going to be in trouble I got to get a different job or something you know and and so that that inconsistency can can eat people up sometimes I think and it's 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 hard to to really um, recommend that for everyone because because it's it's scary sometimes and, and even you, sometimes we get scared but sure. we we found that you know it it works out that that uh, you know there's when there's a will there's a way and and we feel that we've been blessed in certain times as we've just keep trying to make decisions that we feel good about and and things work out well and you know. That, at the end of the day, life's inconsistent anyway. Everyone's going to have times where, you know, you're worried, how am I going to pay the bills this month? I think we all have worries like that. And so I just think it's cool that you guys went for it. And it's kind of cool to the irony there of like <laughs> this, we've shifted the way that we live life. And so we, you know, we're going to get away and go and experience the world. But the way that we can do that is because of all of the changes and all of the technology that exists and all the social media that exists. I just think that's kind of cool, you know, oh, use totally. the new world to experience the old world. Yeah, I think that's a really wise observation. It's spot on. And sometimes, you know, we do struggle with that when we're in these amazing places and we just want to relax and we just want to enjoy and I don't want to think about what I'm going to post to Instagram. I don't want to think about in the right. shot. I don't want to think about my camera settings. Like I just want to sit there and enjoy it, you know, with my family. And, and we definitely do have those experiences where, where we'll just, you know, put away our phones or put away our cameras or not worry about getting the shot or not worrying about taking a story on Instagram. Um, but it, it, that is how we pay the bills. And so we do have to kind of, um, you know, balance that and and try to you know ride that line but i think you're you're totally right it's so interesting how how it is the new technology that completely funds our old school lifestyle what's the internet the internet (laughs) is what has has given that ability you know it's it's a whole paradigm shift if you can work from anywhere like why not you know you can you can uh you can just make it all happen online so here's here's the big question for me. Me and my wife are really big hikers. We love being outdoors. We're so inspired by you guys. Say that there are other listeners that are just like us and are really tempted to hit the road. What would be the first step that you would suggest? For me, I, I really like uh, imagining... Well, I, I guess you, you come up with a trip idea and then you imagine what kind of vehicle... To, mm-hmm. to get there, and so for the me, the first is question is is always like, what kind of a rig, you know? And so it's, I it's one of my, uh, I don't know if you call it a pastime, but I guess hobbies of, of just like, 
imagining our life in, in different vehicles. <laughs> I mean, imagine, you know, let's say, let's say you want to kind of ease into road life and you want to have a bigger home on wheels. So you buy or you get a fifth wheel or like a, a pull behind trailer mm-hmm. or you get a, you know, an Airstream um, pull trailer that, you know, those are large and those are so cool. They're, they're literally just tiny homes. Like they're so big inside, at least to us, they're so big. They have like different rooms and different levels. Like they're sweet. And so let's say you go that route or, you know, you're like us and you kind of want a hybrid of, um, you know, something a little more stealthy and can fit in a normal parking spot. So we opted for a mini, um, a little mini RV on the back of a truck. Um, or you want to be ultra stealth and you go for the sprinter van. And a lot of our friends, you know, have little vans that they cruise around in, even with kids. Or even a step, even a or step, even a uh, step. Of that, you, could, <laughs> step. you could build out the, the back bed of like a pickup truck, you know, just a camper shell in a bed simple. in the back. And or, it, you know, you put a rooftop tent on yeah. top of your Honda Civic. Like, there's so many options, you know, it, it's really, it's really limitless. You just kind of have to decide, you know, what kind of style fits your family needs and and wants and so i think that's probably one of the more fun parts is deciding like the rig and then the adventure yeah and i and i think um you know that's kind of the first logistical step i guess but i think the first um the first like mental step is is decide right decide okay this is something that we want to do and and then you just start moving that way and even though you don't have the whole picture like we had no idea we were going to get sponsors for this trip but we had decided like look we're going to go to all 59 national parks in this in this anniversary year and um you know we we kind of had a plan and that plan just totally evolved and and here we are still kind of living that life that we had no idea we were gonna we thought we were gonna go back to to whatever regular life was supposed to look like after the trip, you know, but it just evolves and yeah. it, it works out and you, you'll get there and, and you'll accomplish your goals and it'll work. And so I think the first mental step is, is make the decision and go for it. I love it. I love it. It's an inspiration. And if you see us pass you on the road, you know that it will be your guys's fault. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, tell us where you are. We'll meet up. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Just for fun, I'm going to ask you the questions that we ask everybody. Um, I'm interested kind of to see if you'll have similar answers or not. So the first one, do you guys listen to music or watch movies while you travel? And if so, which movie or music have you loved lately? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, I would say our go-to is the Hamilton musical. On Broadway, yes, <laughs> yes, we are so completely obsessed. We know most of the words to every song, and we will probably listen to it from start to finish. Like I would say, three times or four times a week. I love it, which is intense because it's like three or four. Oh hours yeah, long, but we love it. Yeah, so that's our go-to. If anyone is listening and they haven't listened to Hamilton yet, this is your homework. Please go listen to Hamilton. It will change yes. your life. Definitely. Um, but yeah, we, we watch a lot of movies, I feel like together. Um, we, uh, I mean, we have a hard drive full of, of movies that, that my dad converted from his DVD collection. <laughs> Good so for we'll him. Just kind of, uh, hunker down, hunker down in, in the, 
the RV and, and watch movies. And, and I think it's, it's funny. People think like, wow, they're camping 24 seven. And it's like, no, we're watching parks and rec in the Walmart parking yeah, lot. Yeah. Like we, we'll, <laughs> we'll stream Netflix off of, you know, the Starbucks Wi-Fi, you know? And so like, like we, you know, we do normal stuff just in a smaller space on wheels. That's pretty much how it works. <laughs> I love it. So does parks and rec your go-to TV show then? Yeah, it's one of my favorites. Yeah, we we watched like every it. episode. It's so good. Have you watched it? Oh yeah, I'm I'm absolutely obsessed with that show. Yeah, it's always it's between so the funny. Office and Parks and Rec. We just yes. bounce. <laughs> so yeah. true. And the last thing I'm going to ask you guys: You've gone all over the place. Where's some of the best places that you've eaten across the U.S.? Honestly, I would say the mecca for great food is probably Chicago. I mean, a lot of people may say like New York or San Francisco, but for whatever reason, we've just found such good food in Chicago. Case's family um, spends a lot of time there. He grew up there for a few years of his childhood. And and so we're always seeming to go back to Chicago for whatever reason as a family. And we always find such good food, whether it's the deep dish pizza or um, just really awesome uh, vegan food or vegetarian food, because that's kind of more my style or... Um, there's this one place in particular that has these um, Korean fusion tacos that are out of this world, like fish tacos and shrimp tacos, that I literally just could cry and dream about all day long. And so, I don't know. I feel like Chicago just has really great stuff. Great. That's perfect. Well, and this is my this is uh, my last question before we'll do the end, and I don't even know if we'll keep this one on. How's, uh, how's the Russian keeping up? Oh, it's good. Yeah, we... Uh um we speak i feel like it's nice because we both served in russia um and uh so oh you we, did oh, i didn't know that yeah, yeah so i served in moscow as well yeah so so it's been fun that we can you know i feel like we should speak more obviously we should syl more often but uh <laughs> but uh i mean we we usually speak when we don't want other people to understand what's going on so it's like our secret hidden relationship <laughs> sure. language and we're not really sure. I mean, well, we want our kids to understand and speak Russian. At the same time, it would kind of be nice for them not to know what we're saying. <laughs> have, have parent talk. <laughs> yes, yeah. it would. I know. So it's still up in the air. What about yours? How's it? How's it? Hey, it's still going good. I have literally no one to practice with ever, but I always am trying to Skype people or Facebook message people so i feel pretty good still i feel like i feel like things are going well (laughs) that's good i think that we have kept you guys long enough um you're awesome i could probably ask the two of you questions forever um i just want to make sure that our listeners can go and find you um on social media or on whatever other platforms you have where could they go to find you guys yeah so our main platform um, we have two actually. It's our blog, which is rv.com. So it's kind of a pun. It's spelled O U R V I E because V in French means life. So it's like RV, recreational vehicle, or like our life. So that's kind of our, our pun that we came up with in the early days when we were figuring out what we should call ourselves. Um, so rv.com, and then um, just the same, except for our Instagram is rv adventures so come find us we love to connect on social media and um, always love hearing from people and you know kind of fielding questions and 
supporting each other in this community. We, we just love it. So never hesitate to reach out. Well, wonderful. We'll make sure to include those links down in the description as we always do. Please go check them out. These guys are awesome. Go and follow their Instagram and their blog. And like they just mentioned, go and ask any questions that we didn't cover on this podcast. Thank you guys so, so much for being on. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's been really fun. Guys, that was awesome. So I think that I'm convinced that we're just going to live life on the road now. (laughs) I hope that you enjoyed that. Um, Please... Like always, uh, if you haven't subscribed yet, go and subscribe and let me know how I did on my first interview, okay? Let me know in the comments below. Make sure to go and and find the Hoffmans on their various sites that we've said before. OurV.com and OurVAdventure is their Instagram handle. And if you found any value out of this episode or if it was any bit interesting to you at all, please go and leave a review. We also just wanted to give a special thanks to Savannah and Sage Elison. Thank you so much for listening. Next week is going to be an awesome episode. And you guys are all awesome. Have a wonderful, wonderful week.